Hello and welcome to the Mission Next podcast brought to you by American Dream U. American Dream U is a nonprofit organization that is centered around helping provide a seamless transition for those who are transitioning out of the military into civilian life. American Dream U provides programs that provide military veterans and families the connections to the world's best coaches to help guide them on a highly rewarding life after the military. Now, past contributors to American Dream U have included the likes of Tim Ferriss, Chase Jarvis, Aubrey Marcus, Ryan Holiday, Charlie Hone, Ramit Sethi. The list goes on and on. You will be hearing from the likes of these people on this podcast on a weekly basis, so please subscribe. Please stay tuned. Now, you can find more information about American Dream U at www.americandream.org. Please check out American Dream U on all the social sites, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc. at American Dream and the letter U. Now, with that, here is today's episode of the Mission Next podcast. Enjoy. Awesome. And Rob, what, what branch of the uh, military were you in? I was in the, the Army. In the Army, okay. And so when you, um, did you go to the Army straight from high school, college, combination of both? I went uh, out of college. I considered going out of high school. I was pre-September 11th, and then uh, actually considered dropping out of college. I talked to my dad about it, and, um, you know, he said, you know, go ahead and finish your degrees, and then... Get into, college, uh, get into the military, so I went ahead and signed up anyway. Oh, oh you did. Okay, so so you finished college and then joined the uh, joined the army. Yep. Perfect. Okay, gotcha. And so, what was what was the reason um, for joining the army? Did you have a was it a patriotic reason? Was it nine eleven? What was what was the yeah, thought process? It's definitely patriotic. Um, my dad was in Vietnam. My grandfather was in. World War II, and really, I, I don't think if we were at war, I would have uh, made the decision um, not to join. So, because we we're at war, that really kind of was the, what pushed me over the fence. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's awesome. So, uh, how many years in the Army? Uh, four and a half, maybe a little closer to five. I'm not exactly sure, but it was, you know, short okay. tour. Short tour, right, right. <laughs> and then, and then, so what, about what year did you transition out of the Army then? Um, I was actually uh, medically retired. Um, I want to say it was May of 2011. Oh, okay. So just in the last in the last uh, four years. Gosh, 2011 sounds not too long ago, but it's 2015. So yeah. it's crazy how time has gone. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. So let's talk about um, let's talk about your transition because that's really what this book is all about. So, so you were medically, so were you injured? Um, so, so talk about that a little bit. It, it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like you, you wanted to go or maybe you did, but it was. Um, well, it was definitely, uh, you know, you, everyone's faced with a decision. Do I stay in, um, you know, and, and do the 20 or do I, do I go out? And, um, I had discovered after 
I was with um, the 75th Ranger Regiment, and after mm-hmm. my, I think it was my second deployment, I started, I mean, this is kind of personal, but, uh, you know, I, I started crapping blood, and I thought it was a bad jump out of a plane or something, but I went to the doctor, and they said, you got this disease, uh, it's called ulcerative colitis. I tell everyone Crohn's disease, because it's a lot more known for that. Um, but, yeah, you know, and I had to make a decision. I was non-deployable. I did a third deployment with it, and... Uh, I got to a point where they said you can, with the medicines they put you on, you can stay in the military, but you can't deploy. And, uh, you know, I, I had an MBA, very well educated, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, just cut my losses right now and then get it back out into the civilian world. So. Gotcha. So, um, so you were out of Fort Benning then? Yeah, Fort Benning, Georgia, 3rd Battalion. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, we're, we're doing uh, an American Dream U event in, in a month from now at Fort Benning. I just came back from Fort Benning on Monday. Um, uh, I was just there uh, well, last year in 2014. Wow, awesome. So so is it, so it was Crohn's disease. Is that what you had then or something well, similar? So, yeah, Crohn's is all the way from, uh, you know, your mouth to your ass, to put it politely. And I have ulcerative colitis, which is just localized to my large intestine. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. In fact, one of our speakers coming to Fort Benning, it's odd that we're talking today, his name is Ari Mizell. And he was also, um, he also had Crohn's disease and was hospitalized. And, you know, for people who don't understand Crohn's disease, it's, it's not a good disease, right? It's, it, you know, so this is the crazy thing. And thank God I was in a unit with you know, all guys who could kind of just rough through it. But yeah, I could run five miles in 33 minutes. I would just be uncontrollably crapping blood down my leg while I was doing it. And not like once, like this is 15, 20 times a day, uncontrollably crapping blood. It's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So after, you know, offline, I'm going to, I'm going to email you a link to a couple of Ari's, um, videos. Cause he talks about, you know, Crohn's disease and he talks about, you know, the medications he was on and then how he, um, changed what he ate. And I think it was six or nine months later, he, he ran an Ironman. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I want to get you, I want to get you a couple of his videos and a couple of his talks because I think it might be able to add some value. So, yeah, so that's, um, yeah, so you're running, you know, six minute miles, but, uh, they're not enjoyable miles. Um, <laughs> well, I'm doing it right now, actually. So that's uh, great. That's great. So talk a little bit about, you said you had your MBA. So, um, you went to college and then, and then you joined the military and then did you get your MBA during while you were in the military or, or when was the MBA? Actually, so I think I probably took uh, one of the easiest routes into the military. I got an MBA from Xavier University in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, really wanted to join the military. I saw some guys running around in uh, uniforms, and I, you know, they have a great ROTC program there, and I ended up doing ROTC for about two years, maybe a year and a half, um, while I was finishing up my MBA and everything, and then just jumped right into the military. Okay. And so what was your emphasis on on the MBA? Just uh, general business administration. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Okay, so so you medically transition out. So how much lead time did you have, Rob? Um, probably about a year. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was going through all that, you know, the, the medical chaptering and, the, and everything. So I was still very much, you know, uh, a very functional staff officer and platoon leader and everything. So. 
Gotcha. Okay. So a year out. So so what were you doing a year out when you knew you were going to transition out? Were you did you know what you wanted to do? I mean, you had an MBA, so obviously you were much more employable you know, than. Yeah. The, the the biggest thing for me was uh, I went into uh, you know the classic W two employment, and the biggest thing for me was the culture of an organization. Uh, I knew that coming from where I was that that was going to be huge. Um, so I, I didn't really uh, you know rush out to get employed. I actually took some time off and traveled the world for a little while with the oh. money I had saved up. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So, um, you saved up money while you were uh, in the Army, and then are you married at the time? No. I'm sorry, was that yes or no? No, no. Oh, no, got okay. it. Okay, so you saved up some money, and then talk about traveling. Talk about, I mean, was this part of your plan? Was it, you figured this was the time to do it before you Yeah, definitely working? the time to do it. Um, yeah, before you sign up for another career. But yeah, I just went around and uh, it was great to go around and visit family and friends who I haven't seen in, you know, uh, four or five years traveling around so much, uh, you know, aunts, uncles, and then uh, took some time and traveled by myself to, geez, I was, you know, went to Japan, Australia, New Zealand, and um, have some family connections out there so it would make traveling very fun. Wow. So what was, um, so that was back in 2011? Yeah. Okay. So looking back, you know, three and a half, four years ago, what, how valuable was that? Um, I think it was good to get out and see other, you know, cultures in the world besides just third world countries where, you know, it's, it's really rough in some areas. And um, I think it's just good to know there's a, there's, a, there's a whole world out there, you know? Right, right, right. Okay, so you come back from, uh, from traveling, and then how does your, your job search go or... But what was that whole process like? Was it targeted sending out email or sending out resumes? Was it using your network? Uh, talk about your first job. It was uh, a little bit of everything. You know, you, you work on your own. You, you work on the resume. Um, I, I get a lot of advice from five people and just take those and, and kind of mix it all together. Um, but uh, it was tough. I probably interviewed with about uh, 30 to 40 companies. And you know, some it's the really most important thing is is what's a good fit. You know, you're talking to headhunters, you're talking to companies directly, and um, you know, after a while, I just started saying, hey, I, I kind of looked at and turned the tables and said, I'm interviewing the companies. Um, you know, this is you know, really what are, what are the perks of me working here? Um, so I ended up finding a great company and uh, you know worked it for I guess about a year and a half or so. Okay. And then did you transition into starting your own business at that point? I did. It was very tough. I was actually inspired by the people I worked with and my uh, younger brother. But, um, yeah, it was great. They, they paid me very well. They offered almost uh, double my salary when I asked to, to leave. And they let me work there for three months after I told them I wanted to leave and start my own business. Um, and they, they gave me a little raise. They offered me a promotion. And it, Turn it down. I did work there for three months while I was, you know, kind of planning everything. So. Okay. So talk about your business now. What are you doing now? I do the same thing I did for the last business. I do management consulting. So, you know, just help company either solve a problem or boost the performance of the current uh, initiative that they have going on. But, um, you know, it's pretty simple. We'll talk about that because it, you know, for for some of the people that might be, um, you know, reading or listening to this, you know, management consulting. That's pretty broad, right? It could mean a number of different things. So can you talk a little bit about that and, and why you chose that as your business? 
Well, I think the reason I chose it is just, uh, and more, you know, also to, to go out and do this on my own is um, a little more excitement, but really, um, when you do consulting, you get to see a lot of different industries, you get to see a lot of different problems, and um, not simple problems either, you know, you're looking to take on some complex problems that industry, they're not going to bring in help for their simple problems. Um, and that's what I like, you know, I like something new. I didn't see myself doing one thing for the same company all the time or, you know, sticking with the same company. I just want to go out there and learn and experience. Gotcha. So you were, you were a little fortunate. I have not heard, I have heard people offering, you know, to double a salary or to increase a salary when, when they leave an, you know, an employment because they're so valuable. It's just like, you know what? We uh, probably were taken advantage of you, or maybe not taken advantage of you, but we see the value and we're willing to pay you more. Please don't leave. I haven't heard people say, "Well, we're cool with you leaving, but stay for three months." And we we totally understand. You know, we understand that you're working on your new business. So that's to me, that's pretty unusual. And I don't know if you know you do a lot of consulting. I don't. I haven't seen that in my 20 plus years. But that's but that's great. So when did you have your idea to first start your own business? It was. While you were employed, and then did you have a partner to do it? Were you was this a solo idea? Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was definitely a solo idea, um, and I, you know, I've got some uh, potential partners and 1099 contracts, but um, yeah, just really a, a solo idea, and then you know, exploring the market and looking for opportunities. So. Okay, so talk about your business plan or your marketing plan or. You know, how are you going to gain clients, right? That's the biggest thing is, you know, whether you have a product, you know, <laughs> who do you sell to, right? Or if you have a if you have a service, how do you get clients? So talk about that. Yeah. Um, so and it's, it's actually very challenging. And I have a mentor who's, um, you know, he's been consulting solo for 30 years. And he's, you know, you know, I really, it's, it's hard to find um, and get out and, and broker a deal on your own as a consultant. And, you know, he says it's still his biggest challenge is, you know, getting the buyer, getting the owner, getting the C-level suite executive, whoever it is, getting in front of them and, and getting a, a deal signed. Um, so, yeah, it's a challenge. You know, you're building lists, you're prospecting, um, and it's a definitely a challenge coming from an environment like militaries used to where, hey, let's, let's go, let's get this going on right now, um, you know, where you're used to just making stuff happen. Um, it's a lot more patience, relationship building, um, interpersonal skills, which you know are very valuable in the military, but you know very valuable in the in the civilian world. Yeah. So um, you know, I know you got your MBA, and there might be a lot of people out there again reading or listening, going, "Well, Rob got his MBA, so you know he could start a business." And you know, obviously, I I can't start a business. I don't have my MBA. But talk about. Um, did you use your skills that you learned from Xavier University to learn how to market, to learn how to uh, get clients, to you know, because that's that's a that's a a big deal. And I, I know I know I got my MBA, and I wasn't from a decent college; it was from a pretty crappy college. But they didn't teach me any of that kind of stuff. I had to self-educate myself, especially on the marketing side. So so talk about that a little bit. Well, I think you hit it right on the uh, the button. Uh, you have to self-educate, and you don't you don't need an MBA. And to tell you the truth, you don't need a college degree. There's going to be a learning curve in whatever industry you go to. Um, now you're going to end up learning a lot about business on the way, but that has been to me just a total advantage, and it, it kind of put me in the step where when I was you know working for my last company. 
you know, these guys are doing, they hired a lot of uh, military and, you know, they're still learning, you know, I, it was an advantage for me because they're learning, hey, this is what EBITDA is, this is how you do a, you know, cash flow analysis, you know, this is operations management and these are some analytical things. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, we're talking to these guys from, you know, McKenzie and Company, these big firms. I'm like, hey, man, this is like chapter three in my operations book, you know? And, <laughs> um, um, but I had to, you know, I think that kind of boosted my confidence a bit um, and said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident with this skill set and, and being able to take it and apply it to, to many businesses. Um, but, you know, I think you're going to have to find a way to get that education wherever it may be. And now it's just, you know, I tell people now I can watch – Michael Porter, you know, one of the best, you know, arguably one of the best economists in the world, right on my cell phone. And anyone in high school can do that. And anyone in middle school can do that. You can do that 10 years ago, you know? Right. So talk about self-education because, you know, I'm, I'm much older than you. I'm uh, 46. And when I first started my business, I literally had to go to the library and read books on marketing or if I wanted to, you know, one of my businesses, I'm um, securities licensed. So, you know, when you talk about economists, you know, I had to, I had to pick up an actual paper. You know what I mean? Yep. People, people don't know what a newspaper is today, right? <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's so accessible everywhere else. But talk about self-education and talk about, you know, some tools that you found were helpful, whether it was TED Talks or podcasts or books or talk about that a little bit. It is. Um, so, and I'm probably more like you. You know, I learned on books and writing and, and, you know, memorizing, but I still go online. I'm using these tools. I'm using, I, I love TEDx Talks. Um, I love Harvard Business Review and, you know, subscribe to Economist and everything. But um, for me, I still write down everything that I really want to learn or take notes. I'm constantly studying. For me, so, you know, sales obviously is a big deal, but I've been reading, you know, sales strategy books and, uh, you know, how to manage that sales funnel and how to actually stimulate consumer desires rather than just meet customer demand and you know it, you gotta learn it and um, for me you know if, if people are coming to me for operations and strategy expertise I'm kind of, it sounds crazy but I just got you know these 300 page books coming in the mail from Amazon on strategy and I love reading them because you know I need to be very familiar with the terms and the concepts and um, the business environment is rapidly changing so got to keep on top of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So so talk about your, your day. You know, I'm always fascinated by people's morning ritual or their, um, you know, because you, you just don't get, you know, two, 300-page books from Amazon and watch, uh, you know, four hours of Netflix every night, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so talk about, you know, kind of your ritual and how you – you know, plan your day and how you find time to, because it's not just about consulting, it's about being totally up to date, right, for your clients to make sure that you're giving them the best, you know, service possible. Yeah, um, so I, I definitely believe in, um, you know, I guess health before wealth, because if, if you don't have your health, you really don't have anything. And, um, you know, I like to do the morning thing and get up and have breakfast and, I think if I can work out, you know, just like the military, you know, four or five times a week and get a good run in, I love running, um, I feel way better throughout the day. And I still, most people are still getting up and I'm finishing, you know, a four or five mile run and I feel good. Like that's out of the way. I'm feeling physically sound and I can dive into emails, phone calls, research, stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. TED Talks, uh, for people that don't know TED, there's the actual, I think it's TED.com and then there's TEDx. And, you know, part of our American Dream U program, we have 
gosh, coming to Fort Benning, I think we have three TED speakers. Um, we have an event next week in Monterey that we're getting ready for that we have uh, um, Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Ferriss. Wrote oh, yeah, the four-hour work week. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's coming to speak uh, you know, in Monterey to the language school and the Coast Guard students there. Um, which awesome. is yeah, which is awesome. Uh, Chase Jarvis, who started a company called Creative Live, who's also one of the top photographers. He's got a video series and a podcast that's just awesome, right? I mean, it's there's so many uh, resources out there. So, and it sounds like you're taking advantage of a lot of them. So, so you you live in Chicago, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I was, I was born and raised in Chicago, and so uh, I'm gonna put. You know, eighty thousand transitioning soldiers and their spouses in, in Soldier Field, and they're going to be twelve to eighteen months out from transitioning. What do you tell them? Well, just get ready and do the the best you can. And um, I think you got to embrace uncertainty a little bit, but um, you know you've got to you've got to get out there and do it. Yeah. So I'm going to raise my hand because um, that's too vague for me. I want more details from you, Rob. So, um, so, so one one question I might have is: Okay, um, I have a college degree, and you had mentioned I had heard, you know, when I read, you know, the book that you had talked about five mentors and, and kind of helping you through. So, how'd you get those mentors? Well, uh, that's a good question. You always, I have mentors, but I don't know if I directly would call them mentors. Um, and I feel very lucky. Actually, one of my mentors I would consider is my younger brother. He's been wildly successful as an entrepreneur. Um, and I've been able to tap his brain a lot and um, a lot of senior guys. But um, I think, you know, I, if I had, you know, 8,000 soldiers in front of me getting ready to get out, that's a lot. And I would tell them, you know, if you can, not, not to sell themselves short with their talents. Um, because I think that's a dishonor to them. I think there's a lot of veterans taking jobs as truck drivers and, you know, working at restaurants. I think that, you know, really our society right now just kind of underestimates the value of what a veteran can bring to the table in terms of teamwork, dynamics, and leadership. And, uh, you know, there's a lot out there. And I hate when a veteran comes to me, oh, man, I was just a sniper. What am I going to do? And I said, dude, you know more about leadership and teamwork that you've experienced and, and your experience in the military that most people will ever get to see in their lifetime, and that is very valuable. Um, and the ability to to work with humans and understand that human instinct and leadership and the way human nature works is just as important, if not more important, than how to read a balance sheet or a cash flow statement. Right. And you said something um, really important, well, a whole bunch of things really important, but you said that when you started interviewing, it, you kind of turned the tables and said, okay, I'm more interviewing you guys, right? I want to see if this is a right fit for my, um, for me. And so I, I think you said what's really important is, you know, like you said when you mentioned the sniper, I mean, I can make the argument all day long, and I have three kids currently right right now in college. I have a senior at Elmhurst College, which is right there in Chicago. And, um, you know, I can make the argument that I would rather hire uh, – someone like you without a college degree and an MBA, but spent four and a half years in the army versus one of my kids who, with all due respect to one of my kids, they don't have any experience, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, w when you're in the military, you gain so many valuable, and I'm not a veteran, but I've worked with them for 12 years. I mean, so many valuable leadership skills, 
um, commitment to the mission. I mean, there's so many valuable tools that they have that the average kid coming out of college doesn't have. And I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. But no, I would agree. And I just heard, I, I talked to a CEO uh, a couple months ago. He goes, man, we're, we got a bunch of engineers that don't know how to turn a screwdriver. That's our problem. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've seen coming out of transition, it's either a couple of things. Either they don't have the confidence, right, like the sniper you talked to, to go out there and feel like they have the skills that companies need. Because believe me, companies are lacking leadership. And you do a consulting, and I don't know if you would agree with that or not. But there's a lot of lack of leadership that I see uh, in companies that when military goes in there, veterans go in there, it's they can really work, um, work the team really well. Right. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's a game changer. It, it, without a doubt, it's a game changer. And so I think that's really important that they understand that they they already have the skills. Right. They don't need to get an MBA or even a college degree. And if they want to do that, that's great. But they should go in there with the confidence that what they what they've learned, um, that's what organizations are looking for, and they are. They're really looking for that. So I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so in, in this, uh, you know, the sniper is a perfect example. I told him, I, you know, if I can broker the right deal, I said I will hire him. I know this guy. I know he's, he was in the seventy fifth Ranger Regiment, and I just know this guy is a top notch, very high caliber, competent, and you can, you know. Really, I know he has the capability to learn anything if he puts his mind to it. So it's just, you know, setting up that opportunity. These guys are coming out with a mindset that is just unmatched by, you know, the vast majority uh, in the corporate world. And there are, but don't get me wrong, there's some non-military that has some serious mindsets and, and they're very driven. So. Right, right. That's awesome. All right, so um, so what's going on with your company right now? Do you have you have some consultants right now? Is it primarily you? Um, do you outsource a lot of your stuff? No, it's just me right now, and I'm um, actually you know between clients right now, which is you know not good in my world, but I'm doing you know thirty to fifty cold calls a day, and um, some of these deals take a long time, um, and it's also good to note that. Uh, especially this being for veterans, there is a lot of programs just for veteran businesses specifically. So I'm registered as a diversity supplier uh, vendor um, as with a lot of major businesses, you know, billion dollar businesses. So um, if they're going through and say, hey, we need a consultant, we need to use our, you know, supplier diversity, um, here's some veteran owned businesses, here's some service disabled veteran owned businesses that might be willing to team up on a project or work with us to help solve a problem and, you know, these large businesses get credit for that. Right. Right. So, yeah. So 30 to 40 cold calls a day. Right. So you're you're doing a lot of research. You're finding the key people to talk to. And then you've got, you know, we, we, we teach some of this stuff at our American Dream U program. How many seconds do you think when you get someone on the phone do you have to before they tune out? Right. Before your compelling offer is there. Does that make sense? My question. Yeah. I think uh, you're looking at anywhere from. 20 to, to 40 seconds and, and more challenging is getting in touch with the right person you know you've got a you know i've got people that'll just randomly email me that i talked to six months ago and the, the call never went on everywhere um and they're on my list but you know i've got to prioritize who i can talk to so when i get an email and they follow up i'm like oh well i've got to get hot on it right right yeah because it's you know it's you know we talk about entrepreneurship in our um in our american dream you program and it is it's not easy, right? I mean, there's challenges, there's client issues, there's employee issues, there's contractors issues. You know, like you said, you're in between clients. And so you have to hustle 
right it is, to- uh, very, it is very challenging and um, I, I like the I like the saying you get what you work for not what you wish for and it takes a lot of work and I think that's why veterans are tend to be more successful when they're starting up businesses they're not scared of failure because guess what failure in a past life meant hey man someone's getting die or lose their limb or something could go seriously wrong failure in business is man you can lose money you might lose an opportunity but guess what tomorrow's a new day right yeah, I mean the challenges are, uh, you know, a bad day in the business world is nothing like, um, you know, a bad day in the military, right? I mean, am I saying that correctly in terms of like yeah, what, what you said? Yeah. So that's awesome. So, um, how can people get a hold of you um, if they want to reach out to you? Uh, well, my email is rob at strong s t r o n g dash oak o a k like the tree dot com. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Rob, totally appreciate it and uh, look forward to meeting you in person. All right. Have a great one. Hey, you too. Take care. Thank you for listening to the American Dream U Mission Next podcast. If you're interested in finding out more information, please find us online at www.americandream and the letter u.org. You can find us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc. All at American Dream and the letter U. Again, we thank you for tuning in and we will see you for the next episode.